0: This is The Guardian.
1: I'm Gabrielle Jackson, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. You might have heard of pandemic fatigue, the tiredness epidemic, or even the great exhaustion. And for most of us, it's not hard to believe these phenomena exist, because day after day, we're falling asleep at our desks. But what if there was a pill you could take that would give your brain the boost it needs? Or is that just too good to be true? Today, science writer Bianca Nogrady on cognitive enhancers and whether they work.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?
1: Hi, Bianca. Hello. It seems everyone is tired, and I am tired. (laughs) We all feel like we're not getting enough sleep. Sometimes, when we do get enough sleep, we're still tired the next day. We have trouble concentrating. What's going on with our brains? (laughs) <laughs> life, life is going on with our brains. Bianca O'Grady is a freelance science journalist and a regular contributor to Guardian Australia.
3: It's also, you know, we're in year four or is it five. I've lost track of a global pandemic, you know, the, the sort of century-defining incident. It's, you know, period of great political turmoil, global geopolitical crises. And then we have a cost-of-living crisis. We have so many things that are competing for our attention, that are competing for our emotions, that are causing... Stress and anxiety. You know, there's so much pressure to to do more, to work harder, to work longer hours, to do so much more for your kids if you have them, or your parents. And that's just exhausting. I think I, I I think anybody who isn't exhausted is either on some really good drugs. Or is lying. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of
1: good drugs, brain supplements have entered the market amid this kind of mental health and tiredness epidemic. What is a brain supplement?
3: So essentially, this is a market for over-the-counter products. So that can be everything from a drink or a supplement or a powder, or it does also include prescription products. And they're brain boosters or nootropics. And nootropics, the word actually, its origins are in Greek, which is new as in the mind and tropic as in turnover, as in, I guess, activity. And the idea is that it's a way of increasing your cognitive abilities, increasing your focus, improving your quality of sleep, reducing anxiety, just generally helping to combat that exhaustion and tiredness and anxiety that comes from living in the world that we live in. So it's it's a very simple idea, but it's worth literally billions and billions of dollars as a market because everybody wants solution. We want to not feel like this. And it would be really great if we could do it in an easy way, like having a supplement or a drink. It would be. Does it work? Uh, Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you were going to say that. Like all quick fixes for complex problems, there's a lot of very good marketing that's going on. What we're seeing now is this huge market in products that are making claims to be able to not cure these things because that would be unrealistic, but to take the edge off. And the language that is used in marketing this is very, very careful. It walks a very careful line between being too vague which then would do nothing and being too specific when you start to get into dangerous territory in terms of the kind of therapeutic claims that you're making. But currently it's valued at about 2.2 billion US, probably about 3 billion Australian. And it's forecast to double over the in less than a decade.
1: So if it's this huge industry, there's not much evidence to support the
3: claims. How were they able to market them with these claims? The marketing side of this you know the the over the counter supplement side i mean how much research is going on who knows? Mm. I mean, it costs a lot to do a clinical trial. It's a very expensive process. So they're not necessarily going to be doing large scale clinical trials of these products. What they're going to be doing is establishing that they're safe, that the ingredients are all licensed. Um, perhaps there might be a study that was done on nerve cells in a Petri dish, which you know is a very legitimate first stage of investigation. But It's like, oh, look, it increases expression of this neurotransmitter or an increased growth of this, so therefore it must be good for the brain. We know it's safe. Let's chuck it in a supplement. So we have this thing in Australia called the Australian Register of Therapeutic Goods. To get listed on the ARTG, all you have to do is show that the ingredients that you say are in your products are in fact in your products and that these ingredients are all already permitted to be used in Australia. You have to show that they're manufactured according to the principles of good manufacturing practice, you know, that you meet a sort of minimum set of standards, which are pretty high in Australia. And you can make a certain type of health claim, but they've got to fit within what are called low-level indications. So... These are fairly non-specific, So you can say things like this will help mind relaxation. It will enhance brain health. It will increase your cognitive performance or reduce cognitive fatigue. So those are general enough that you can make those claims in Australia. Whereas if you're making specific claims, then you actually have to prove those claims. You have to do clinical trials. You have to go through an exhaustive process and then, you know, if the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration says, okay, we believe you. (laughs) The evidence is sound. You can now approve this good. But the vast majority of these products are just simply listed on the ARTG. So they can make these claims and they don't have to prove them. That's really what it comes down to. They can pretty much say anything and not have to provide clinical proof that it
1: works. Now, You say there's not good data to support some of the claims, but you know, I don't know about you, but I drink coffee. That seems to genuinely help me. Is there anything in this market that has promise?
3: Caffeine is a classic example of a nootropic. We're all very familiar with caffeine. I think most of us start the day with a brain boost. I mean, there is a huge list of all of these things and they have some fantastical names. You know, there's Bacopa, there's Garana. So there's a huge range of these, but The one that seems to be most interesting is called L-theanine and this is an ingredient in green tea. L-theanine is interesting because, first of all, it's able to cross the blood-brain barrier. So essentially the blood-brain barrier refers to the lining of all of the blood cells that are in your brain and that is very carefully tailored to only allow very small molecules into the brain because it's really essentially it's a it's a filter the aim is to keep out anything that might damage the brain bigger molecules viruses bacteria those sorts of things Mm. and because only very small molecules get across it, that means it's keeping out anything that could potentially cause harm. But L-theanine does cross the blood-brain barrier. So it can get into the brain, which is a you know the first thing you want to overcome. And what seems to be interesting about L-theanine is it's an amino acid. And because it's found in green tea, which also contains caffeine, what it seems to do is it actually gives you the benefit of the caffeine, but it dampens down the jitteriness that you normally get from caffeine but it also is associated with a feeling of alertness and there's a lot of research looking at for example the benefits for sleep but really the main thing is that about 40 to 45 minutes after a cup of green tea it does seem to give you a bit of focus a bit of uh, a sense of alertness perhaps but again like all of these things it's in the active research phase there's not really definitive evidence. There's just the suggestion that there might be benefit from it.
1: We'll be right back after this.
0: Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier.
3: what we're also thinking about when you're looking at nootropics is what's the potential for harm as well. Mm. And so with something like L-theanine and green tea, if you're having a cup of green tea, it's not going to really do you any harm. Do some of the other supplements that you've talked
1: about have the potential to do harm?
3: There are risks with nootropics, one of which is that we really don't understand what the long-term effects are Mm. of taking something that alters your brain chemistry in any way. And when we talk about long-term, you know, we are potentially talking decades, how might that change brain chemistry in such a way that it might predispose someone to dependence? And that could be something as minor as dependence on caffeine, which, you know, we accept because we love the coffee or the tea or whatever. But there are a lot of unknowns and it is, in some ways, a lot of this is a big experiment. Um, Even though these things are over the counter, the ingredients are known and I guess there's a threshold of safety that we assume is there because they're also such low doses, their effects are going to be so minimal. But you know, if you do take a supplement every day for 10 years, what does that do? What happens when you stop? So the, the issue here is, I think, also the unanswered questions about the longer term safety, given really there's so much we don't know about how the brain works. And now we're kind of seasoning it with a little bit of something to see what happens. But the other concern with anything neurotropics and brain boosters is particularly when you're dealing with young brains. So young people whose brains are still developing. And we know that that process of development still continues until I think it's around the early twenties, 23, 24. Mm. So any products that you take At that age and during that time, particularly if you start to lay in kind of regular use, we don't really know what that does long term. Are other newer tropics also marketed at a young audience? I and mean, I do remember being at uni back in the Stone Age, and I mean there was you know guarana, the drinks with guarana, jolt cold, no I think. dose, no dose. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I imagine university students are kind of a potent market for something like this because invariably everybody's trying to cram so much into their brain and do it at the last minute. So there have been drinks that are being marketed through social media, through Instagram, at young people, and I know because my son, who's you know in early high school, has been talking about them, and those contain either very high levels of caffeine, might be some other things in there. I think guarana is one of those ones that's also kind of mentioned. And again, we don't really know what effect those things have. So I think it's always that kind of precautionary principle. Mm. Which we need to, particularly with growing brains, really to err on the side of caution and not be throwing these things that, which we know will actually alter brain chemistry. Mm. So you mentioned there's
1: been some research, not enough yet. Is there an area in this kind of brain supplements market that some scientists see some promise in?
3: I mean, there's a, a huge interest in not just brain boosters, but nootropics in the sense of things that can affect nerve growth. Because, I mean, that's really important in the case of somebody whose brain has been damaged by by whatever, traumatic brain injury, by whether it's a, a developmental issue. If there's a way that we could actually restore neurons to damaged parts of the brain, I mean, that that would have incredible potential. I mean, because we know, for example, with dementia, that is the function of parts of the brain dying and actually losing neurons. So if there's a way that we can regrow those or encourage that nerve growth, and I mean, this is obviously an area of huge interest with spinal cord injury mm. as well. I mean, that would be extraordinary. So this isn't just a kind of, I guess, a frivolous area of investigation. There's really genuine need for the discovery or the development of products that do boost how our nervous system functions. But I think that the most interesting and legitimate avenue of investigation is really how do we Lay in the patterns, the lifestyle patterns, early on in life, so that we don't need these supplements. And this is where we start to look at diet and dietary interventions. You know, what is the perfect diet, for example, to reduce your risk of dementia? We already know with something like vascular dementia, which is a function of metabolic disease, of heart disease. You know, if you have high blood pressure, you have high cholesterol. You know, you have pre-diabetes. All of those things. You know, that does put you at greater risk of vascular dementia, Mm. which is essentially, you know, blockage of tiny blood vessels in the brain. And that leads to sort of death of neurons. So, I mean, there, the answer is pretty obvious. It's like, well, you've got to have a healthy diet, lots of green leafy vegetables. And we all hear the term antioxidants. It's one of those buzzwords that just gets thrown around in every ad for every thing that's supposed to make you healthy. Again, legitimate Avenue of investigation. We know that when you have oxygen free radicals in the brain or anywhere in the body, these are the molecules that potentially cause damage to DNA and to RNA. You get mutations, contribute to illness. Free radicals are produced by our environment. They're the product of natural processes in our body, they're the product of exposure to pollution, to sun, to stress. Stress, exactly. All of these things. So, Antioxidants are essentially scavengers. They neutralize that threat. So if you have a diet that's high in antioxidants, then you're reducing the damage that can be done by these free radicals. And a diet high in foods that have lots of antioxidants you're going to win with that. Like there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That's, you know, that's green leafy vegetables. It's for example one of the researchers I spoke to is really big on purple foods and that sounds like, that sounds like something a 4-year-old child would say but purple foods well, I'm have having eggplant for dinner so oh, there I'm we very go. happy yeah. to hear that. <laughs> I've been eating myself sick on blackberries for the last three (laughs) three weeks. So, but purple foods that colouring comes from anthocyanins, very powerful antioxidants. So there's lots of foods that have antioxidants. So, I mean, really, the single most important message would be save your money. You don't need to be buying smoothies or supplements or tablets. Like, go buy. And I want to say spinach, but that's because I love spinach, and I know that not everybody does. you know have a healthy meal go and get some bok choy go and get some some broccoli get some blueberries get some eggplant but just have lots of fresh fruit mm. and vegetables so there's a
1: 2.2 billion dollar industry out there and the experts say basically eat food not too much mostly plants
3: yeah I know it's so boring it's such a shame it's like why couldn't I said eat more chocolate but no well, <laughs> I am gonna get some green tea though you know what? it, it seemed to work for me and maybe that's because I wanted it to work but I thought well, it's certainly not going to do me any harm so well
1: thank you so much for joining us today
3: Bianca thank you it's been fun
1: That was science writer Bianca Nogrady. You can find more of her work at theguardian.com. And we've linked to her piece about the power of new tropics to enhance our minds on the Full Story page. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and James Milsom, who also did the sound design. The executive producer of Full Story is Hannah Parks. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow Full Story wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also leave a review. I'm Gabrielle Jackson. Thanks for listening.
2: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico, to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call one 800 clubmed or your travel advisor.